It's Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. For all your news on politics, business, and education, it's FloridaDaily.com. Now, here's your host, Ed Dean. All right, welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. We are here. This is our pre-election coverage, special, whatever you want to call it, predictions, analysis, and maybe some debate will be taking place. Let's get to it. Two of my favorites and the guys I would pick when it comes to the best of analysis, Kevin Derby. By the way, I'm your host, publisher of FloridaDaily.com, Ed Dean. Kevin Derby is the editor for FloridaDaily.com, and Steve Vancord, one of the best, Vancord Jones Communications out of Tallahassee. All right, Kevin, we're going now into Tuesday. Um, I can tell you, I think we could spend an hour on pre-election analysis, potential lawsuits. When's the voter suppression accusations going to end up taking place? Here's what I think. Based on the numbers, Trump can win Florida, but does that carry him into winning the rest of the country? Kevin, I'm going to start with you. It's going to be very, very tough for the president. Look, at this point in time, we already have 75 million votes already cast. I think we're going to be north of 150 million when it's all said and done across the nation. That compares to 138 million last time out. It, you know, We're looking at the highest voting percentage we've seen since 1908 when William Howard Taft beat William Jennings Bryan. There we go. You know, I, I do think there's a path to victory in Florida for Trump. Yeah, but uh, the rest of the nation is going to be a very tough struggle. For so, me. Kevin, let me tell you what was happening. Steve was on with us last time. He's been on our radio show, and we're going to get into the amendments here. I sat back and I look at numbers, and when I see reverse voting, what I mean by that is the Republicans normally do the vote by mail. Now it's the Democrats because Trump's out there telling everybody, don't trust your mail-in ballots. I'm sitting here going, wait a second. If your county, if your county supervisor election is Republican, they're out there screw Trump. Having said that, more Democrats, I understand the Republicans, Steve, early voting are dominating it, but they're still a couple hundred thousand votes behind. And you're telling me, by the way, I saw a story where the, the Miami Herald says that Democrats, many areas where Democrats are strong, they're lagging here. Steve, you're it's telling me there's, Steve, how many, oh, a million whatever plus votes of, of the vote by mail that have been requested by Democrats? Steve, you're telling me they have not sent them back in yet? Well, they're sending them back slowly but surely. But here's the story. When we started out with vote by mail, let me break it down to some simple numbers. All right. Democrats were, you know, normally when we talk about Republicans lead and vote by mail, who leads in early voting, those numbers have always been eight, nine, ten percent. When it when the vote by mail first started, Democrats were ahead of Republicans by one hundred percent. They were doubling them as a ratio of the electorate. Fifty-four percent Democrats to twenty-seven percent Republicans. Today, as we sit here today, that number is 4138. Republicans have been closing the gap every single day in early voting. You're right, Ed. Normally, the Republicans do well in vote by mail, but only by eight or 10 points. And the Democrats start closing right. early vote. The, the big day will really be, I think, this Sunday. And here's why. If Democrats don't do what they normally do, mostly black Democrats, African-American Democrats on the last day of early voting, souls to the polls, et cetera, if they don't get a big bump, state, I think the state goes to Donald Trump simply because the Republicans will dominate on Election Day. Repo right. Democrats have to go in right. with a significant lead. Let us go back. As you know, I have all of these clips I use for my morning show, you heard statewide. Um, let us go back. I want to play a clip. 
2016 election predictions here with CBS News in November, October, November 2016. We'll about Florida. He's got to win those states. He's got a narrow path. He can do it, mm-hmm. but he's got to start picking them off. But Anthony, the way you've got this now, likely yeah. 341 electoral votes. Wow. For Hillary Clinton, you only need 270 to win. That suggests a blowout. It it does at this point. You know, it's not a... 340, Kevin. Um, why, when you listen to people that read our stories, and mm-hmm. they call me up on a radio show, that watch Florida Daily TV, Kevin, look at the enthusiasm out there. There is none for Biden. It's all for Trump. These numbers are skewed. We saw what in 2016. I'd have to say, I think there's some differences out there. Biden doesn't have all the negatives that Hillary has. And besides, you didn't have COVID out there as well. But everybody, every, a lot of the Trump people dismiss the polls. Yeah, look, uh, I get why the Republicans are dismissing the polls. I get why Democrats are gun shy about it. But look, uh, as you noted, COVID, we have two, more than 225,000 deaths. We've had one out of five small businesses shut down due to the pandemic. And look, when you have a at least a 10% growth in the national electorate over a four-year period, yeah, I, I think there's reasons for Democrats to be optimistic. And, and look, you know, as much as the Republicans say, well, you know, the polls were awful in 2016, yeah, but they weren't awful in 2018 when we've had probably the biggest Republican loss in congressional elections since 1974, okay? I mean, it was that kind of election. Uh, Trump is now far more damaged goods than he was four years ago. He is more unlike than Hillary was. And Biden, you know, Biden is dull. Biden is pandantic. He is very much old news. He's also stable. And that is not a bad thing at this point in time. He, you know, inadvertently, he might have been the right man at the right time for the Democrats. One of my political consultant friends, I'll keep him quiet, but he's been on with us before, Steve. He says, think about it like this. Would you rather hang out with a drunk, a drunk, obnoxious Trump or a boring Biden? I sat back and go, that kind of makes sense right there. But when we look at all of this here, Steve, where do you see, do you think this is going to be something we may not know for days? Of the election results, Steve Ancor? Well, that, that could be. But I, I want to bounce off what All Kevin right. said in agreement because the difference between now and Hillary Clinton, is, there's multiple reasons, right? Of course, right. we also are very cautious. Anybody is making cautious about predictions in Trump world, but that doesn't stop us from doing it, right? But the polls are, are – there's more polls. There's more high-quality polls. The pollsters who got burned with Hillary have learned. Remember, in Hillary, we didn't have recent polls in Pennsylvania. We didn't have recent polls in Michigan. We didn't have recent polls in Wisconsin. Every day you're getting two, three, and four, and they're all showing the same thing. And it's interesting is some people are taking the Hillary factor and correcting, which was only off by three-tenths of a percent if you look at the, the national polling, and corrected what does Biden look like, and he's still well above water. You ask me the question. Let me get to the immediate question. Will we know on election night? Good news for Florida. I'm pretty confident, unless it's razor thin and we have to do a recount, Florida will not be one of the states that we're hanging in the balance. We're pre-counting so many ballots. Election day in Florida is going to be like a low turnout primary because so many ballots are already counted early. So many ballots are already counted vote by mail. The state to watch will be Pennsylvania. And the reason is, is Pennsylvania doesn't have the law. We've been counting ballots now for almost three weeks. We're getting them in the can. They're done. Pennsylvania, they're sitting in a box. They're being sorted. They're being sifted. We're sitting there unopened. That's going to take at least two, if not three. Kevin, I I think if you look at the economy, the polls that many people don't trust, well, they polled 8% more Democrats in an NBC Wall Street Journal poll. But the same Democrats also give Trump the favor on the economy more than Biden. Trump is 
is leading on law and order. But having said this, has he made the final closing remarks? I mean, we haven't heard about what he's going to do for the next term. We haven't heard so much about the economy, law and order. It's almost like they're playing too much on defense and instead going after the personalities of Joe Biden. And I don't know if that's going to be the closing argument that voters may sit back and say, oh, because as bad as Biden is, the unity argument may sell with people. Yeah, look, I think Trump, uh, the closing argument has not been strong. I think his campaign has been hindered. If you had told me that the $1.1 billion death stars, as uh, Brad Pasquale called it earlier this year, would be out of gas and out of money by the end of October, I would, I would, I would have laughed my head off. Right. There was no way that could have happened. Uh, the problem is, as you know, Trump, what's his second plan to terms for, what's his plans for a second term? Well, no one's really sure. It, it's it's just same old, same old from him. You know, he wants to go into Hunter Biden world. Okay. Okay, that's great. It might get the, the, the Fox News watchers right. up in arms. It's not doing much when we have 225,000 plus dead Americans. Uh, that has been a major, major problem. And look, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan famously asked in 1980, are you better off today than you were four years ago? Well, 40 years later, the question is, do you want this guy for four more years? Do you want to wake up every morning wondering what the president's posting on Twitter? You know, you look at those the, the poll numbers, that first debate, kind of moved it from a four to five point race to where the national polls are now seven eight nine percent steve let me i cannot wait i want to have you guys on after the election but steve let me go ahead and give you a prediction here i believe and i think there's a lot of good reasons why a lot of people want to support trump maybe they're afraid of the aoc times bernie i mean when you got rumors like elizabeth warren and bernie sanders want to be in the cabinet i mean that sends a lot of red flags up there having said that i think where this goes and this is not spin if Biden, which is predicted, I mean, Kevin and I, Steve, I know you've seen it as well. Stories out there, he should get 400 electoral votes. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But let's say that he doesn't get the 340 or other. Let's say that Biden only gets, Joe Biden only gets 280, maybe 290. I don't think the argument of the post-mortem analysis is going to be on the Republicans. I think the Republicans may sit back and go, okay, hey, you know. Again, this is hypothetical now for the audience out there, purely hypothetical. They're going to sit back and go, okay, COVID did us in. I I think the expectations are very high for Joe Biden. If he doesn't get over 300 or more, I think the Democrats are going to sit back and go, what in the world happened? In other words, a win to them won't be a big win. Well, there's two parts to that, and it's really critical here. One, if he's at 280, you're going to see litigation that's going to end up in the Supreme Court, whether it's vote counting in Pennsylvania, vote counting in Michigan, uh, Good point. electioneering in, in Florida. But the bigger issue there will be people quickly forget uh, electoral, co- uh, electoral college numbers. And what they're going to look at is right now, a lot of people predicting the Senate is 52, 53, 54. If you have a Democratic controlled Senate, a Democratic controlled House and Biden in the White House, none of that matters. Once he takes the oath of office, right. it is going to be Katie bar the freaking door. And we're going to have a backlash we are going to have a backlash in the next off-year election. I would agree. And that's where we are in this kind of whipsaw world. It's like ultra-left, ultra-right, ultra-left, ultra-right. And right. You know, I've got the answer to that, you know? <laughs> well, I know. And by the way, we're going to get into this. Let's talk about it. Amendment 2. I want to get into that. That's the minimum wage. Let me tell you, man, I've got to bring my material. 
I've Kevin, I have gotten more mail, primarily from the Republicans and Democrats, against Amendment 3, the open primaries, what everybody's been calling it, the jungle primary. Here is the latest numbers from a university in North Florida on the open primary. Here it is. Amendment 3 would allow all voters to vote in state primaries with candidates from all parties on the ballot. 58% support, 36 opposed. I'm going to tell you something. Kevin, I'm, and I don't mean to burst Steve's bubble. I... I mean, Steve, you're going to like the first part. I think I'm not a big fan of it, but, I'm a, but I call it the way it is. I think it's got a great chance of passing, Kevin, but there's a catch. I think it's one of these where it's not a big mandate. I think people sit back, and this is where I'll, I would, I think a lot of people would agree with Steve on this issue. People like choice. You're going to sit back and go, you know what? I'm an MPA. I'm a, you know what? I, I, I kind of like having this option. I don't, I'm not saying it's a mandate by the voters, but I'm not going to be surprised, Kevin Derby, if that Amendment 3, excuse me, Amendment 3 open primaries, I won't be surprised if that passes with 60% of the vote. I think it'll be very close. And look, if, if I'm Steve and uh, his team, I'm absolutely thrilled to see of the uh, early vote, the 7.3 million, whatever it is right now. Yes. Uh, 20, 21% of them are NPAs. That is a nice number for them. Also, the fact that, you know, look, Florida, we saw what, 9.1, 9.2 million voters last time in 2016. Now we're looking at probably north of 10.5 million voters in Florida. Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely be thrilled with those numbers because those aren't your diehard Republicans. These aren't your diehard Democrats. These are voters who don't like either party and are absolutely willing to play ball. And, on and, like and, and Steve, I call it the way it is. You have bragging rights. I think you've been outspent how much? 10 to 1 maybe or 12 to 1. And the bragging rights is, and, and I think I think it's a chance it could pass. Even if whatever, it still shows that the big money can't always win. Well, I will say this. I'm not as optimistic as you are that it'll pass, but I am naturally more of a pessimistic person. It's why I don't gamble. It's why I don't drink, right? But wow. I will say this. Uh, if it does pass, um, we have four years of litigation ahead of us. Um, if it doesn't pass, it'll be simple. The Republican Party like woke up about three weeks ago. Now, not Republican voters, please. Republican voters like this. We've tested it. We ran it by them. We focus grouped it. But the partisans who control the world don't like it. So suddenly, I mean, every three out of four days, we've seen mail coming at it, saying all kinds of crazy stuff, which is their right to do. I don't have a problem with that. But uh, it's starting. To, it's starting to fade. I think the University of North Florida poll is a little high. It's starting to fade. The parties don't like it because they don't like losing control. And as Sean Shaw said on an interview, we, we, we were on, on a debate. He said, I don't as a Democratic candidate, I don't want to have to talk to voters who don't think like me. Those were his exact words. And I think that captures the sentiment of both sides. We don't like the conven inconvenience right. of having to talk to people who don't think exactly like us. We only want to appear on Fox News. We only want to have to appear on MSNBC and screw everybody else. And that's what we're trying to change. And I talked earlier about the whipsaw. If the Democrats control the Senate and the House and the, and the White House, okay, you're going to see a very far left agenda get enacted immediately. Let me let me go. Going to have a backlash. Let me go to Amendment Two. I um, let me to pat myself on the back for the audience. I don't think anybody has dissected this amendment. Then you're surely now, Steve. You know Kevin, who's known me for years. Kevin knows I was an economics reporter, economics editor for print and talk radio. And Steve, I'm going to start with you on this. I I think that maybe the pandemic, the shutdowns, 
may not allow this to go through. A lot of restaurants have been, you know, out for business. This is going to have, I think, a worse impact, not on the consumer. I think we're in a tight consumer market. I think this is going to have more of an impact on, if this passes now, on the employee, I think employee hours. But Steve, this is where I think that the John Morgans, and I don't have a beef with John Morgan. I'm just telling you, if they would have sat back and said, okay, fine. We want to go 10 bucks an hour on companies with 50 or more employees, 50 or less. We're going to give you an exemption. I think this thing would have passed with 75% of the vote. They did a one-size-fits-all. Let me play for you John Morgan and what he said about pushing this amendment. I'm worried about people going home into poverty after working 40 hours a week and being further behind than when they start. Okay, well, first off, with all due respect, if he's worried about that, then why not just jack it up to 15 bucks right now when the buying power is not going to be the same thing five years down the road? You already know the answer because they couldn't get it passed at 15 bucks an hour out there. My right. point is, is I'm seeing more activity on Amendment 3, which most people aren't focused about, than on Amendment 2. And where has the business community been on this issue? Well, the business community that's most directly affected is hurting badly. Uh, you know, the Disney complex, the restaurant industry, the entertainment business. These are people that are having meetings with their staff about who's getting laid off, who's getting fired. Are we declaring bankruptcy now? Did the PPP money keep us open? So they don't have the money to fight back. I mean, I agree with every single point you made. And, and here's what was interesting about this, Ed. When the pandemic first started, shutdowns started happening, I thought, you know what? The, the message uh, this will cost jobs will be more resonant. And I thought that would be reflective in the polling and the polling started to drop. And then all of a sudden, in the last few weeks, it's starting to go back up again. Mm. I think it's going to pass. I think it's going to have less of a general impact that people think it is on both ends. I don't think workers are going to suddenly be relieved. I don't think you're going to see okay. massive layoff. But I will say this. It will transform the hotel industry. It will transform the restaurant industry. You're going to see restaurants close. You're going to see more restaurants have to jack up their prices. And you're going to see people have to get out of the restaurant business. Kevin, it's going to transform it. There's no two ways about it. I'm with you. Kevin, and, and by the way, I, well, never mind. I don't want to get We're more on the analysis. But here's my question. And this, I'm, I'm, I'm asking this politely. I haven't seen – has Governor Ron DeSantis been anywhere on this issue? What about the Republican Party? They've been very quiet on this issue. Democrats are out there telling everybody to vote in favor of it. Or am I missing something here? The governor no, could have some sway on this issue, I think. I, I think you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, I think Republicans have been the you know the Trump show 24-7, mm. 365 this year. Trump has basically taken over – everything on the Republican Party. That is the one issue they have. I mean, look at the uh, the platform. What's the platform? Trump, yay. Whatever he does is great. <laughs> you know, the, the problem is it has completely consumed everything else. So yeah, amendment two, uh, you know, too bad, you know, about the minimum wage. We have other battles to fight, namely getting Trump another four years. That has been the all-consuming battle here in Florida. And look, it's been helped, uh, you know, I, you might, see, there's a handful of competitive state Senate races Okay, you know I don't see either branch of the, either chamber of the legislature changing hands. They're going to remain in the Republican control after election day. Uh, we have twenty-seven congressional races. Maybe maybe one, maybe two can flip. That's it. You know, most of them just aren't going to be competitive. It has all been about the presidential contest right. on the Republican side. Kev, let me ask you on the. I don't want to even the other amendments just don't even resonate with me for sure, the most part. Sure. But Amendment Two, minimum wage. What do you think happens, Kev? Uh, I think it makes it by the skin of its teeth, maybe 61, 62%. I think it could be correct. Steve, what do you think? Amendment two. I, th I think if the governor had come out 
had he come out strongly in opposition to it, because you're exactly right, I think it would have failed. I think the, the postmortem on this will be it passes and it could have failed because a lot of Republicans who are getting no guidance from the executive office could have said, you know what, if my governor says no, I'll say no. And I think that would have I think that would have dragged it. The Democrats are so high. Republicans are in the middle. Pull down Republicans a little bit. This thing drops under 60. The governor's failure to do so is going to be something he's going to inherit moving forward in the next two years. I just I, I love talking about the merits of the right or wrong of the minimum wage. I think if you talk about it, Kevin, you Kevin, you if you take the emotion out and you talk about facts and numbers, minimum wage would have never passed. Obamacare would most of these amendments would never pass. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. But you can't take emotions out of people, you I know. know, for better or for worse. So, uh, Steve, I'm going to go with you. A couple predictions. Forget about who's going to win. Let's talk about the after party. We got a big article out this week at <laughs> FloridaDaily.com about uh, the after party sometimes the better. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I remember the Nature Boy Ric Flair, one of my favorites one time, professional wrestler. <laughs> Steve's like, who? He said, he goes, when he goes out, he parties all night. And then he parties a little longer. I'm looking for the longer party here, Steve. Here's the thing. Are we going to have days and weeks of litigation? We've got a big article out in FloridaDaily.com talking about how, and it's it's predominantly the Democrats. or some of the Republicans, I agree. The lawsuits are ready to go. I'm waiting to hear about all the voter suppression. Steve, what is going to be what we should be looking for maybe the day after the election? Steve, give me a prediction. In Florida or state nation, nation, nation Both. Give me both. Nationwide, it's going to be, everybody's going to be up in Pennsylvania because- What's going to happen is Pennsylvania is going to look red to pink on election night because what you're going to get reporting are election day votes, which are going to be predominantly Republican. Then you're going to start getting the vote count of the vote by mail. The vote by mail is predominantly Democrat. Every hour when they post up new numbers, it's going to get bluer okay. and bluer. Give me the Florida. They can shut that down. The more likely Pennsylvania. Give me a quick one in over. Florida. The day, uh, no, the night of, the day after. You're not going to see litigation oh, in Florida. Steve's like very that. optimistic. I thought he was pessimistic. All right, Kevin, Florida, something we got to look for the day after or whatever. I, I think you're going to see a little bit of uh, a little bit of talk in Florida, but I don't think there will be much. I don't think it's going to be the decisive state. I do agree with Steve in Pennsylvania. One thing to keep an eye on, if the Democrats flip Arizona and Texas, you're going to hear calls for blood on some Republican leaders, Kelly Ward in Arizona, uh, state Senate candidate who's never won that state level. You know, she's going to lose Martha McSally, Senator McSally, and she could lose Arizona. Alan West, a former congressman from Florida, is in charge of Texas. You know, I think John Cornyn's going to win. But in the one in 10 chance Biden actually flips Texas, which hasn't been done since 76, I think there's going to be calls for Alan hey. West's head. And there's going to be five congressional members knocked off from that. Kevin, day. I'm surprised you have. Let me tell you what my prediction is. I feel like John McLaughlin and McLaughlin Group. Yeah. Who holds their election in December? U.S. Senate. Georgia. Georgia. That's where the next big thing is going to be. What is it? December the 10th? It's the yeah, second week? He, he, I, I, I do think, look, I think Purdue's going to hold on, on to, to beat uh, or sniff in that race. The question's going to be what in that open seat. Can exactly. The Republicans get, that's going to be the interesting battle going forward. Actually. Hey, does Lindsey Graham win South Carolina? Uh, yes. Kevin. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I do think the Democrats flip the Senate, but Lindsey Graham stays on. The big upset's going to be Joni Ernst in Iowa. I think she's going to go down and defeat. All right. Steve Vancor, this segues because guess what kicks up in January? legislative process, man. They would get to focus on the real sexy issues in Florida. All right. Two of my favorites, Steve Vancor, Vancor Jones Communications. I could spend 20 minutes and just tell you his bio from what I know and the campaigns, but I would be telling secrets, Steve. That's like CIA stuff. We can't talk about Steve outside of Kevin. I've done road trips with Kevin. 
I, I mean, I mean this seriously. Kevin, Steve has got some of the best stories. So, so there we go. Kevin Derby, Steve Ancor, Vancor Jones Communications. Kevin Derby, editor of FloridaDaily.com. Before we go, for all of the news, go to FloridaDaily.com. We will give you up to date on all of this, what's going on. Read the latest again right here on Florida Daily TV, but also read all of the latest right here next time on FloridaDaily.com. I'm Ed Dean.